Saturday night and 25. Have them 12 year olds and 8 year olds in your house. Man, don't even, don't, don't even, don't even take care of them. My granddaughter is old. My granddaughter is old. 4 years old. And I'm playing online. One day I open up my tablet and give it to her iPad. And when she, she comes back over to the house, picks up the iPad, opens it up, and starts watching Peppa Pig. You know what I mean?
around starting, and, and, and everyone starts to sound right. You know, but in all honesty, I believe that God created all men equal and chose to reveal his, his glory to each unique race and culture. Your, your physical characteristics is just an indication of what part of the, the earth that you your ancestors came from. Our pigmentation protects us from the sun. That's how we know we came from closer to the equator because we have wider noses to breathe thicker air. And our hair is to protect us from the sun. Conversely, people with no pigmentation come from a colder climate because their skin is, is to protect them against the cold. And their eyes protect them against the, the, the reflection of the sun off the snow. And their noses are thinner because the air is thin. So you can, they can't take a lot of so, so when you start looking into these characteristics, I mean, if you go closer to the like, Asian area, land of the rise of the sun, you see their eyes are, have a slant to protect their eyes against the, the, the rays of the sun because that's where it hits them, the way it comes up on that side of the earth. So to say Jesus was black or white, based on the origin or the, the area where he come from, we say he had, some, he had to have some type of pigmentation in his skin. And Africa and Egypt is about 14, at one point, I think it's eight miles apart. So the region, and, and the reason I said it is because the, 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 uh, the Garden of Eden is, was located on the continent of Africa. That's the only area on the earth where four rivers come together. And there's a few other things. So, so when we start looking at history, but then I, then I have to balance that to say, which does that make you better or worse? Knowing that. If, 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 and I, I can say that to you, because, but you're going to have to kind of curate that and explain that to him. But it's, it's uh, if, if, if Jesus was black, how does that make me what? That make me, uh, I should, I'm, I'm going to be persecuted because Jesus was black? Or that, does that make me better or worse? But if God didn't create all men equal, then being black would give me an unfair advantage. No, being black is just what God what God chose for you to be to fulfill the will that He had for your life. It doesn't make me any better or any worse. Truth be told, we all made the same stuff. We just because the cultural dynamic, we tend to tend to uh, we tend to feed into that culture. But when we started started seeing other things in other cultures, we began to realize that this is not who we are. I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to live as if this is my entire the entirety of my life, you know. And so we and, and we started being fed garbage, you know. In all honesty, we started being fed garbage so that we would have a a lower self esteem, and, and and so we would have. We would have no, no ingenuity. And we would think that this is the best that we can be. And we're looking to, to, to get a job at a factory and hope they keep us on. You know, and we want to be you know, laborers and, 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 and sweat on our back and what not be intellectual. But the older, our older generation, what they started doing is they started learning the system. Because they got they stopped fighting with the system. And that's one of the things that we tend to do is fight with the system. Don't fight with the system. You learn the system, and then you beat them at their own game. That's how, that's how you get up. Because they're not going to change the system for you. What they're going to do is manipulate the system and make you think you got more when you know that now you got less. So you have to, you have to manipulate the system, figure out 
the system and then beat them at their own game. Because when you start doing that, now they have to make a decision. Either they should bring you in or they got to change the system. But what they can't do anymore is keep you out. Because you become too valuable to the system. And so they now, they, now they can look past who you are. Now they look past your characteristics. But at the end of the day, we're black because that's what God wanted us to be. We're black because that's what he chose us to be. I totally agree with everything you said. When young brother, tell him to go to the history channel and go through the inventory and look for what did Jesus look like. Anthropologists, not historians, anthropologists come up with what they think he looked like based on the DNA of the people in that area. Go to the history channel and you know go through the uh, archive and ask Reverend Pope saying <coughs> what they came up with scientifically it didn't look like uh, red, red hair, blue eyes, white skin. Right. Because of where the guy lived. Simply simply state, I got a five-year-old grandchild and they ask questions, and I got a 19-year-old grand, grandchild to ask questions. And when I look at the TV and hear information and, and they show certain people in certain places. My answer always has been, where is creation's connected? That comes from my body. Creation. Creation wasn't in America. So that means everybody here is an immigrant. Creation was in Africa. So what do they look like? And I'm through with it. That's where I, that's where I ended. You know, yeah. and, and, and to your point, you know, the, or, the origin of, of man is from the continent of Africa. You know, it's just it's simply that. It's from the continent of Africa. Yeah, so, so to start to, to deal with the, the Eastern Asia and the migrations and all this stuff, okay, that's, that's fine if you want to. But at the end of the day, if Jesus was black, because in all honesty, the picture of Christ that, that's painted on walls is really a picture of Michelangelo's uncle. <laughs> well, that's what it really is, you know, because because the Pope wanted him to paint a picture of of, of uh, Jesus Christ, and he couldn't find any characteristics of him, and so he said, "Well, you show him who is the model." So that's really the picture, but we don't we don't focus on the picture because if he's not in your heart, this just you might as well be a picture of a, of a, of a donkey eating popcorn, you know, because it, because that, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. You know, and we can say that as adults, but but like I said, that's something you gotta puree and then give it to him on his level. You know, but but to answer you know, between us, it's like, yeah, we we get it, we know, and so we don't use the picture as as we don't we don't we don't uh, raise a we don't use the picture as some type of sanctuary or sacred picture, or we look at this picture as just the blueprint for who God is. That's not the case. If you want to know who God is, you got you have to study everything that exists because everything that exists exemplifies the glory of God. So if you want to know who God is, then you got to look at the bee, the artwork, the ant, the the, the, the rabbit, the, the, the snake, the skunk, the porcupine. You got to look at everything and see why He made the, the giraffe neck so long, and then gave him a desire to eat the eat the fruit off the top of the tree. You know why did He why was He so wonderful? He gave the ant the uh, the uh, the armadillo, a shell to protect it, or porcupine needles. So you have to you have to look at everything that exists in order to be it. So we can't, in our finite mind, can't wrap our minds around the totality.
challenging of God. So that's why faith is so important because if you try to look for something tangible to say, I know God because that exists, well, we exist because we existed in the mind of God before we were present. He said, before I formed you, I knew you, I called you, I sanctified you. You know, so we already had a purpose before we showed up. You know, we already had a purpose. So when we showed up, we were just walking out what his, his original intent and, and plan and purpose that he had for us. And that's what we, we mentioned about the word of God being a thought, plan, and purpose of God and the word was made flesh. Thought, plan, and purpose of God became flesh. And we beheld the I know I'm trying to quote scripture all the Because <laughs> I can really, I mean, so I, I just, when I get the book of John, man, he said he's so magnificent, man. That's one of my, that's one of my favorite writers is, um, is John because his, his relationship with Christ was father to son. And it's so, it, it exemplifies our relationship with Christ, father to son. And not, when the disciples, it was, it was, it was, it was a mentor to apprentice. It was, it was a teacher and student. But John was so young, John, John was, they say, historians say, John was right around 16 when he became a disciple. So his relationship with Christ was more father to son. That's why his revelation is so spiritual because he's looking at Christ as a father. And that's my perspective. That's why, I, okay, I'm not going to get into Friday's message because that's where we're going. So every day we, we I'm, I'm, I'm back up now. I'm, you know that's 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 dear to you, man. That's dear to you. So every day we've been we've been kind of on this on this taking one plateau to the next. Um, the first day we talked about the um, God's original thought, the original intent um, to have dominion be fruitful and multiply and be God's image in the earth. Um, yesterday we talked about um, the the importance of the relationship between next, now, and then. Um, because if you start looking in the book of Revelation, uh, even Christ began to talk about him who, he said, I'm Alpha and Omega, he who is and was and is to come. He said, I, I, was, I was next, I was now, and I'm there. I was, I was there. I was, I've been there. I, and, and when you begin to tie all that together, you begin to realize that there's always power in the third dimension. The power always exists in the third dimension. You know, we, if, we, if we were talking about God, we'd talk about Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You know, except the grain of wheat falls to the ground and abides among us. If it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. You know, because he sent his spirit into our hearts that we cry out for Father. So it was just one Christ. But when he died, his spirit was multiplied in us on the day of Pentecost. And so now we have the spirit of Christ. So, so it does not yet appear where we shall be. But when you start looking, um, how about Aaron's rock? Budded, blossomed, brought forth fruit. The fruit was the one that was multiplied. Um, even, even Satan, um, kill, steal, destroy. He's not trying to be white-headed. He's not trying to mess up your family. He's trying to kill. So his ultimate goal is to destroy. Um, what about um, the only three things in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And pride comes before the fall. Because if that last, that third dimension is where everything is multiplied. And tonight we're talking about Jacob. 
We're talking about the patriarchs. Abraham, the father of faith. Isaac was the son of a great man and the father of a great son. And then there's Jacob. And you begin to see, and, and we begin to talk, we begin to talk about Jacob because the nation was multiplied through Jacob. Abraham established the nation. Isaac moved the nation. But Jacob, God multiplied the nation in the third dimension. And even when you start, I mean, I'm not, okay, I'll, I'll back out of the third dimension a little bit. Because, you know, when we start talking about greed and all that stuff, we're not, we're not going to have a, a uh, kind of spiritual, or let me break that, a Bible study moment. Um, but so, so, um, we're talking about this guy, Jacob. Uh, wow. So, you know, we all know the story. Abraham was, you know, father of faith, and, and Abraham had a son named Isaac. He had, he had, he really started out with two. He had started with two sons. Uh, Ishmael was the son of the handmaiden, um, because Abraham was like, I'm getting too old, and Sarah said, I'm not going to pass childhood years. Let's get it. Let me take the handmaiden. You know, and it's it's funny how you begin to see some of the things that that these guys did. They repeated. We talked last night about people repeating what they see and, and the next generation repeating what now is doing and that's the only example that they have. And you begin to see how Abraham, what Abraham did trying to, how can I put it, trying to help God because his wife was past childbearing years so I guess he figured, okay, I'll help God out. Take the handmaid, she has the baby, God said, not so. I said, it's going to be your child. And so he, we all know the story. 100 years old, he's a box of baby boy. You know, he offers him up, and God provided himself a sacrifice. Um, then uh, we get to Isaac, and, and Isaac sold in the time of famine in the same year received a hundredfold. Isaac was a great man. He dug wells and wells kept, and then they would come and say, that's our well. And he would just go. And the grace of God was so much on him. Every time he dug, a well came up. And they kept coming and said, that's our well. Every time he dug, a well came up. And, and then you even, even when you start getting into the New Testament and the, uh, the Samaritan woman, they went to the well of Jacob. That's where they had, when Christ met the woman at the well, they were at the well of Jacob. Um, so, so, that, that's, so Jacob was great. Now, now uh, Jacob had a wife, um, Rebecca. I want to get Rachel and Rebecca mixed up because I got I got cousins that are twins. Rachel and they, that just messes me up. So Rachel, no Rebecca. Rebecca was Isaac's wife. Rebecca got pregnant with twins, and she was having hard labor. And God told her, "You have two nations warring inside you." And he's, this is, now God told her, okay, um, let me emphasize, God told her that the older is going to serve the younger. So they're warring, and it, uh, Esau comes out first, and Esau was a hairy guy. Well, while he's coming out, Jacob grabs hold of his foot. The Bible says that when they when he came out, Jacob was holding on to his foot. When Jacob came, he was holding on to Esau's foot. 
fast forward. Um, Jacob was profane, the Bible said in the book of Esau. Not that he was a bad guy, but Jacob uh, had a lack of regard for spiritual things. He just didn't think much of spiritual things. And so, Esau, so, but, I mean, uh, Esau, that's a Jacob, Esau. Esau. Jacob <clears throat> was a little brighter. He, he understood spiritual things. And so when Esau came in one day, and he had, he was, uh, he had been out hunting, he was hungry. And, you know, Jacob, Jacob knows he's hungry. He's all like, man, give me some of this porridge. And he's like, uh, some of your birthright. I thought, I just gonna come out and ask and send you birthright. You know, like right, like right out of that field. You know, like, I give you something to eat. What's it worth to you? And, and Esau's attitude was like, well, I care about a birthright when I'm hungry, man. Okay, just give me the food. Time goes on. Isaac is growing old. Now time comes the time where Isaac is ready to pronounce. Now, mind you, because of age, his eyes began to dim, so his vision was, was impaired. Um, so Isaac, it's time to bless his sons. And so, guess who intervened in the situation? Mommy and daddy and babies are all like that. Now, I, 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 I really, I would talk about playing favoritism with your kids, but I can't even go down that road. Because we'll be here all night. <laughs> she had a problem with Esau because she had a problem with his wife. Esau married these Canaanite women. And, and if you know anything about Israel, they had to do with the Canaanite women. Those, those were like, they were also like strippers. They were like, you know, they were like bad girls getting worse. You know, <laughs> they were like, they were like, that's the housewives of, of Canaan. You know, they, you know. <laughs> and Esau's lack of regard, it's almost as if the tenor of the scripture almost suggests that Esau did things in spite of his parents. So that's, and, and, and when you like, start to read here, the tenor of the scripture, it sounds as if he did it in spite of his mom. And so that's what spurred her to try to get Jacob his blessing. Now she, Esau was not tricked. Isaac was. Because when it came time to bless him, she put patches of hair up on Jacob, because Jacob was a, a smooth-skinned guy. He, he was a regal suave kind of guy. You know, and Esau was a hunter, he was hairy, he was he smelled like the field. And so she put on some of Esau's clothes on Jacob and put some patches of lamb's wool on him, you know, trying to make him smell like the field. And when Isaac was time for Isaac to bless him, Esau, I, uh, Jacob comes in and Isaac says, uh, hmm. he starts talking, he says, I'm Esau. I'm not smart, man, but yeah, you don't sound like Esau. He says, uh, he said, come closer, let me, let me feel you. And he felt it. And he says, you sound like Jacob. No, you sound, yeah, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. And he gave him the blessing of the birthright that went to the eldest son. 
One of the greatest tragedies as a man that you can do is make a decision based on how you feel. You can't make an emotional decision because emotions change. Instead of him making a decision based on what he heard, he based on, made his decision based on what he felt. And that became a problem with him. That's how Jacob ended up with the blessing. But the real tragedy is that God never needed any help because he just, God had already told um, uh, Rebecca that the, young, the older would serve the younger. So God had already orchestrated it that Jacob would be the one in control. What the world is she doing? God, God don't need our help. If God said it's so, just let it play out. But you can't, you can't interject. So this is why God never really doesn't reveal everything He has for us in the, in the in the in the process of it. Because if He says you're gonna be rich and you're gonna start trying to make moves and make money and make bills, and you're gonna get in the way of what God is trying to do, you don't know how He's gonna how to fulfill the will in your life. You don't know how He's gonna do it. All you know is the end result is gonna be exactly what He said. That's all we know. And however he want to work that out, fine with me. We can't do Brian Rich. No. That's right. And, and, that, and uh, I think I'm not going to start it. I'm a bad boy kidding, man. You can't take So, it's this episode that sends Jacob on a run. Because now he saw Moses kill him. Because he comes in for a blessing. Dad said, I, I give you a high five. And I got, no, I got nothing left. Blessing to the elders. I, I already blessed Jacob. Thought he was you. You know, so now he mad at Jacob. He forget about the little deal he made at the kitchen table. It's Jacob. You know, it's Jacob. You know. And that's something I didn't know about that long, because I'll keep going. So it's the whole Jacob part. Um, so Jacob goes on a run and, and Rebecca sends Jacob to her brother, Laban. And Laban has these daughters, Rachel and, uh, I mean, yeah, Rachel and Leah. And the Bible says Leah was tender-eyed. Rachel was beautiful. Jacob just fell in love with her. She said, I worked seven years to get this one. Like, cool. Night of consummation. I don't even know. I, I don't. I mean, not even candles, no moonlight, nothing. He goes in the tent, and I don't know what what Leah looked like, but something about it must have made her think that that was that was that was Rachel, because it wasn't until the next day he woke up and whoa, hold up! Like she took off her weave, her eyelashes, <laughs> and he's like, "That's somebody else," <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, I had a chance there, and like, whoo! Like, you look more like my brother! Leah's having babies, popping them out, four boys, boom. 
not having any. I mean, she's just having. She Jacob loves her to death, but she can't have kids. And in that culture, it was raising up kids is what you did um, as a, as a as a as a wife, you know. And so Jacob he builds his his entourage, kids. He's got kids by four different women. He's got uh, Rachel's handmaid, Leah's handmaid, and then Rachel and and, uh, and uh, Leah. Rachel eventually had a child. You know, named the first child Joseph, the the dreamer. You know. And she had uh, Rachel had two boys, Joseph and Benjamin. She gave she died giving the birth to Benjamin. Leah had a lot of kids, and then uh, Bill Hyde, the, the one of the handmaids, I can't remember the other name. But nevertheless, Jacob had his, his quiver full, and so Jacob said, uh, "Later, um, it's time for me to take my 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 family and go." And Jacob left, and I'm not going to go into all the detail of the story uh, with Laban, um, because Laban chased him, and Laban was an idol worshiper, and uh, Leah was worshiping the true living God, and, and Rachel was an idol worshiper, and, and uh, the Bible says, and I think in Matthew, your right hand, offend me, offend me, cut it off, and um, Jacob called Rachel um, his strength, his right hand, and his right hand was an offense to God, and God cut her off. You know, and then when she died, she died giving birth, and she named her son son of my sorrow. And and I don't even because I, I couldn't went there yet last night, and he was named after his mother, son of my sorrow, and the father came in and he said, No, I've been the son of my strength. And so, because he called Rachel his and, and the father renamed the boy because the boy would have been just sorry had the, had the mother had her way. But it was the father that came in and gave the boy his identity. I, I'll be that alone because that was just spoke all by itself. Um, and so they in the city, and and uh, I don't want to get into Levi because there's an issue with Shechem that gets Levi in trouble, which is one of Jacob's sons. Um, but I really want to get, I want to move all the way out. And Jacob, her Esau was coming. Get him. Esau found out where he was. And Esau was coming to kill him. Because Esau told him, he said, the next time, he said, when he, when he took his birth out, he said, I'm going to kill you. That's why his mother had sent him to her brother later. And Esau found out where he was. Now, years had passed. Esau found out where he was. Jacob was like, oh my goodness, he come and kill me. So Jacob concocted his plan. He said, we're going to send him gifts. If he receives the gifts, then he's not going to kill me. Then he sent another crew. If he receives the gifts, he's not going to kill me. Then he set up, he set up a, a fake group over here. And they said, well, if, 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 if Esau comes and he doesn't kill him, then he won't kill me. But if he kills them, he'll think he killed everything I own, and then I'll escape with my life. He concocted this whole plan to keep from dealing with the seeds that he sown in his own life. But we mentioned on day one, if you, if you sow a seed, you're going to reap a harvest. You cannot plant a seed and say it ain't going to grow. If you plant it, it's going to grow. 
You sow good seed, it's going to grow. You sow bad seed, it's going to grow. So, now Jacob, he finally gets to a point where he says, I can't do this anymore. And he said, y'all go. I'm going over here by myself. He left all his stuff, everything. He had all these quadrants set up to manipulate the situation. <coughs>
is what you need to get you to stop fighting with the will of God. So if you need a divorce for a lifetime, God said no problem. If you need foreclosure for a lifetime, God said no problem. If you need bankruptcy for a lifetime, God said no problem. If the loss of your child, is that is that the only thing that's going to get you to run to God? God said no problem. Whatever you need, I will give you. Because a life wound is not designed to get you to die. The life wound is designed for you to live. And it was the life wound that Jacob got that he went from wrestling to cleaning. And he says, I can't let you go. And you, I know you've seen people who, who suffer life wounds because they come to church and they want to be in every auxiliary. They want to be on every committee, and they feel so bad because the the, the, the decisions that they made in life, they feel so guilty about because now they know that was God they was wrestling with, and now they feel bad. And there's nothing that can can, can mask that guilt that they feel. But God saw everything that they did anyway. That He was the audience. You know, you can't hide and, and God not be there. David said, "If I make my bed in hell, He's there." And so now he's, he's cleaving to God. And he says, I won't let you go until you bless me. And one of the greatest questions in the scriptures I ever heard was when the angel said, What is your name? And he says, I'm Jacob. All right. I'm Jacob. That's who I am. That's who you are? Yeah. I never thought to ask people why they called me Jacob. But when they said Jacob, I answered. I keep answering to what other people call me. And I have no identity other than Jacob. Jacob is who I am. That's who I am, right? I'm Jacob. I don't know how to do anything else. No one ever taught me anything else. They just kept calling me Jacob. Sometimes they call me Sue. Just keep asking. See, Jacob is, if I can put it this way, Jacob is that guy who don't know. Don't know who you are. You will keep trying to contort and fit yourself in places that God never intended you to fit. And so, if you're not careful, you'll start trying to be all things to all men. And now you don't have an identity. And now, if you're not careful, you'll develop what we call a Superman complex. And if anything broke, you have to fix it because you jailed. That's what you do. I come in and save the day. And if you're not careful, this continual perpetual cycle will cause you to be so miserable until you'll look around and you'll say, how did that get here? How did that get here? Because Jacob speaks to your history. And the one 
something that we love as black people, we love to live in our history. I can tell you anything you want to know about slavery and what they did on plantations. That's my history. Israel is my destiny. And we keep living in our history. And every time you give things an excuse to be in your life, you justify them staying in your life. And so when you keep regurgitating what happened then, you'll keep getting this victimized position as if somebody owed you something. And so you begin to have conversations like, they do that to us. Why are they doing that to us? We better know. What you have to do is say, I'm going to beat this system. I'm going to beat them at their own game. And so you have to develop a spirit of excellence where you say, I have to be 10 times better than anyone that I'm competing with. I don't want to be good. I want to be so far ahead of the class until who's ever second don't even matter. But this never happens as long as you think you're jaded. And God said, the angel said, you do not have to Jacob. He said, Israel. Because Jacob is the guy that did all that he did. And Jacob was the guy that God is the And Jacob leans on everything that Jacob did. But Israel has to lean on everything that God has to do. And so, you can't say, I'm Jacob, I'm so wonderful because I got this. Because our problem is we keep trying to live off what we put in us as opposed to trying to live off what God put in us. And if you understand what God put in you, you'll quit leaning on giving credit to other things that you have, your accomplishments, your resume. I built this empire. Look at uh, what uh, was a Nebuchadnezzar. Look at this great Babylon that I have built. You know? And you, have, you start looking at what you did and say, I did all right for myself, as opposed to moving into Israel and saying, whatever God said, then that's what it is. He told him his name was Israel, and he says you have power with God and with men. Here's the problem. If you want God, Get you Israel, you're going to go back to acting like Jacob. That becomes the problem. Because every time we have attendance and they say Israel, you sin. But when they say Jacob, Jacob's present. God's not blessing Jacob, God's blessing Israel. It was Israel. <coughs> Never talk about Jacob. And the sooner we realize that you're not Jacob. You're not Jacob. If you forget, you will fall back into what's familiar, what's convenient, what you find some peace and solitude. This is who I am. This I'll always be. And sometimes what you do, you'll think defines who you are. But what you do is just simply what you did. And what you did is going to pass away, but you'll still be around. And you can't keep living in yesterday, today. What happened yesterday?
today is dead and gone. You can't reslip it. You can't undo it. It happened. It's done. Okay. Get over it. Let's move forward because we can't keep acting like Jacob. Because Jacob is in the past. Jacob is our history. Jacob is not our destiny. Our destiny is Israel. Our destiny is called of God. Our destiny is favored with God and men. Our destiny is power with God and men. Not with Jacob. As long as you think you're Jacob, you're going to keep acting like a runaway slave. It's over with. Jacob is done away with. And the sooner we realize that we are no longer Jacob, we are Israel. And when we, we, we understand that we are Israel, there's a mandate that God has put on our lives for us to do. And it's not for us to, to bling bling and shine and walk like soldiers and, and be, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all that in the bag of chips. That's not what God called us to be. God called us to be pillars in our community. God called us to, to pull those guys that are coming in next close to us. So we could, well, so we don't keep turning on the TV and see all this crime and devastation and looking at the TV and go, test, 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 test. Man, what are these guys doing? What happened? What are they, what, what, who teaching them? Where your mom at? Where your daddy at? Well, daddy, he's he doing what he do. Why? Because he think he's Jacob. He keeps doing the same thing. If we don't do nothing else to our, our communities, the first thing we need to do is go there. You're not Jacob. Slavery is over. You still run like that's gonna catch you. Jacob, it's over. You're Israel. You're the prince of God. God has invested in you. He has invested finally in you. But if you don't know that, that doesn't mean anything. Makes nothing. God can tell you, man, you're going to be rich beyond your understanding. I mean, have wealth, have kids, have everything. You could be like Job, got double for your trouble. And you'll be going, who, me? Huh? Uh, uh, I don't know. You see what I did? Hey, God, do you, do you know who you're talking to? I mean, Jacob was a liar, trickster, subplanner. And he, Jacob was, was slick on slick, on slick. And then Jacob ran to his uncle, and he went to the master slicker. Because the uncle was like, man, you, you think you slick? Man, you deal with the king, buddy. <laughs> I, I, made you, I, I made you work for me for 21 years, changed your way 10 times. And then you still ask me, can you leave? Slick. Because he was never a slave here. He was a slave here. And he thought, I gotta do this. Follow me. And he would ask, could he do this? And then he still had to fight. So he And you can wrestle with God all you want to. But if God has to give you a life wound for you to wake up and realize that you're not Jacob. Whatever you need, God has. However you want to do it, hey, he got time, you know. <laughs> and you won't borrow time. He don't lay on no time. No. So, it, no review. 
it'll, because if you keep wrestling with God, he'll do like he did the children of Israel. He'll keep you alive to get out of the city. And he kept them alive in the wilderness until he got the kids out. And the rest of them died in the wilderness except Joshua and Caleb. He most didn't make the promise. All the wonders and the actions that he had still didn't make the promise. For God, he was the deliverer, and he just became mad Moses. Now, you don't think people would drive you crazy? The Bible called him the biggest man in the earth. And he lost out on his, he lost out on going into the promise, man, because he had the, well, ain't the problem. The meekest man on earth. Now, I'm telling you, I ain't the meekest man on earth. So I am much worse than Moses, you know. And if this guy was subject to that because of what people was, was pushing him to, they pushed him to that point. He got mad and smoked a rock. He smoked him twice. God told him to speak to it. God's not, hey, God's got no problem. God's got no problem. But he's, he's going to get what he wants out. And until we realize that we are not Jacob, we're going to keep having these conversations about Israel, about what happened then and how they did with that. And don't get me wrong, some of the residue of that stuff still is still here today. And we can, we're not going to pretend that none of all of it is just faded away, went to black. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you see it, you recognize it, but some things you just need to step over. That's just you step over. I see it, I get it, but if I don't step over it, it's going to become a, a stumbling block in my way. And I'm going to be standing behind this little bitty stone. I can't get over this, man. I can't get over this. You have to get over it. Because you will stand there and you'll die in that place. You'll die there. Because you'll keep looking at this and won't see your destination right in front of you. In full view. Who God called you to be in full view. Right there before your very eyes. But you won't look up. You're still looking at this and you're still looking back there. And all you want is somebody give you a mirror. You're not looking at, at the man that you've become. You're trying to see who, what's going on behind you. What's going on behind you is done. To be honest with you, it's the grace of God that allowed us to, to go from, 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 from being enslaved to being here today. Because I told you on day one, man, if you understood what the, the, the guy that got captured went through, you understand that you came from the best of the best of the best of being beyond the top of my spread head. I mean, some of the stuff that for them to survive all of that, it had to be God. It had to be God. And I don't look at who did it, why they did it, I can't believe they did it. I ain't got time for that. I'm too busy praying to God for making it through. And so, he didn't bring us this far. For us to go back to being Jacob. He didn't bring us this far. For us to keep looking in the rearview mirror and complaining about yesterday. Made some mistakes yesterday, last month, last year. As long as we got flesh, every day is a challenge. And some days you're gonna win, some days you're gonna come out living, <laughs> you know. But you can't let a bad day determine a bad future. You gotta put, you gotta call it just what it is—a bad day. It's only what happened today. Tomorrow, get up. Put on your boxing gloves and start your fight over again. 
Because the fight ain't over. And if you understood that you gonna win as long as you fight, it's not a fight until you swing back. You know, you don't lay down like a dog and get you know, get stepped on and kicked. You can't do that. That's what Jacob did. He conformed to his captors. Okay. I'm Jacob. I'm whatever you call me. You know, slave, okay. Master, Judith. You know, ain't nothing in this. You know, white man don't want nothing for us. You know, ain't nothing out there. Until you face what you've done. 
looking over your shoulder because you won't deal with what you've done. Just resolve it. Making a mistake is not the worst thing that you can do. Not making it right. If you make a mistake, we all going to make a mistake. Make it right. Do whatever you have to do to make it right. And then move on. Have, that'll give you peace to move on. But if you don't make it right, it's going to be hard for you to move on. But you have to find peace with men and peace with God in order for you to move on. A lot of people get peace with God, but they can't get over not having peace with men. They won't forgive me, so I don't know what to do. You got peace with God. You can't control what they do or don't do. You have to make your own position right. If they don't accept it, they say, I'm, they spin in your face, I was up your body. Okay. Look, I'm not mad. So if you want to put on your mad face and say, I ain't talking, look, if I see you, I'm going to talk to you. We, gonna, we can break bread, hang out, be cool. But if you want to stay over there and act mad, you want your own. <laughs> you know? But just so we clear, the problem ain't with me. I don't have an issue with you. And you, you make that clear. Now, whatever they do, that's on them. If they want to put a brick in their backpack and walk around and carry it like they mad, they don't even do about that. So you talking about like within the 12 steps of AA, one of the steps. What's that? You make amends to the person you harm, brother, they accept them now. Yeah, I mean, you, so you, 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 right, you make, you, you, you get peace with yourself. And that's how you get peace with yourself when you say, you have to make whatever is wrong, you gotta make right. But why didn't Esau kill Jacob? Maybe Esau had made peace with God. He was given gratitude, uh, forgiveness, brother. Jacob don't know that. But what he does. Jacob don't know that. I mean, that could be true. But Jacob don't. For some people, they hang on to it like it's an anger. See, when you hang on to hatred and bitterness, you will hold on to it to a point where it becomes a comfort to you. You ever met somebody who seems like they're at peace in a chaotic situation? Because they've grown so comfortable in chaos. If, you, if, if they get into a place where it's peace, it's almost as if they got to stir up their environment so they feel better.
So Esau, so Israel couldn't do. And until you kill Jacob, who shall pass and live in Israel, who is your future, you'll keep thinking that you Jacob. Because after he realized he wasn't Jacob and he was Israel, no more running. No more running. Example, personal example, one of my nephews is in jail now. Uh, went to jail, perfect, you know, perfect record, you know, no problems in jail, studied, read. When he came out, he'd been there a while, he was in there a few years. I said, his nickname, I said, uh, you still going by that name? He said, sure. I said, but man, you're a grown man now. That's a kid's name. Okay? And he said, well, I'm, I'm the same guy I always was. I said, well, you're really not, Biscuit. Anyways, you know why, okay? And um, he comes out, starts running with the same friends. He's back in jail. He's back in jail. You know, a really, really, I mean, he was a brilliant kid. I used to take him with me, and people always said, wow, that little guy's sharp. Is he your son? And I said, no, he's my, my nephew. He said, man, that little guy's sharp. Brilliant guy in jail. Because he couldn't go away from what his brother and his father were, who were convicts. And, and as great as that story is, is one of the problems that we have Absolutely. is that we keep forgetting who we are. Right. And we keep going back to being Jacob. And Jacob is the guy that you don't want. God can't bless you because Jacob is the guy that's doing everything in his own strength. And he don't need God. And Jacob is the guy that has a dirty past. And Jacob is the guy that finally came to the realization that even Jacob was not giving Esau. Being Jacob is not giving God. Being Jacob is only causing me more harm than it is good. And I can't keep trying to be Jacob. And when God gave him a life name, he closed to God. And he said, I won't let you go. Because I'm tired of you, Jacob. Because a life name will make you deal with the reality of who you've become. And you can't run from yourself. You can't look in the mirror to see the flesh. You have to look in the mirror to see who you really are and what you have become. And you can't allow that to become a depressed moment, but you allow that to become as a defining moment. And that defining moment, you say, I know what I did, and I know what I want to do. And now you have to set a standard that you say, I'm better than that. I mean, other people want to do that, that's fine, but me, no, better than you. No, better than you. You know, not that you're better than anybody else or you superior and they, they, man, these guys can't get it. That ain't, that's not, not, that's the wrong spirit. But when you say within yourself, you say, there's, there's much more to me than this foolishness. Much more to me than this foolishness. I can't keep doing this. I can't do this. I gotta do this. And so that is 
happy. We've all done it. And sometimes we still vacillate from here to there. Sometimes we shake up. Sometimes we feel. And sometimes when we when we honest and doing business honestly, man, we see how people react to how we do business honestly, man. A handshake and you good, and then all of a sudden you think, or they what they're looking for, so I'm trying to manipulate the situation to get what I want, and all of a sudden the bottom fall out and you go, man. Now, I was really counting on that. No, you didn't really count on Jacob. That's what you're really counting on. But if you walked in and said, this is what I got, if you can work with it, but you're going to get it, you're going to get it, Jacob, you're going to get me here, you're going to get baked in this room, you're going to be doing what I said I was going to do. If anything changes from that, we'll come back to the table and negotiate. This is what you're going to get. And people look at you and go, like, honestly, what can we start? Whatever, what, what do you need? What, how can I do? What can I do to help you with your program? Because you, you come to me like Israel. You know, and I'm not talking about a church Israel. I'm talking about a man of honor and integrity. A man that stands up and means what he says and says what he means. A man that's not trying to trick or slip and try to get over on somebody. Look, this, we're going we're gonna to do business with our palms on the table. That's how you handle being Israel. Hey, this is, this is how it is, man. And if they trick you or slick you, then you maintain your integrity. You don't start saying, well, they used to be out to do it to them. No. You can't do it to them. What you do is you cut off that relationship. Because where they're going, you don't want to be connected to them. Because you can have all the integrity in the world, but you hook yourself up to something that's going the wrong way, you and all your integrity going with it. This is uh, probably related back to yesterday. Uh, my daughter signed up for this class after school. She took CSA and the Arabs are like a philosophy class after school now, so she had signed up for it. And she was recording part of it. The teacher was talking to the one student. She asked her, How old are you now? 15. So why do you keep worrying about this period in your life that you can't do nothing about? You're 15. You turn 18, you might be able to do something about some of the things that's going on in your life. But right now, you're 15. You can't do nothing. You got to listen to your mom and your dad. And when you turn 18, Maybe you can do some things, but right now, yeah, you got some rules to go by. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting in that you know, for a lot of our young people, um, you want that to be the case nowadays, mm -hmm. because you know, but there's so many, there's so many situations where where mothers are chasing careers and kids are left to the internet and they left to the community and they left to the snakes in the and you want to say there's rules, but nowadays these parents go to the school and fight with the teachers. Yeah. It, it, ain't, it ain't even about uh, regulations and restrictions on the kids. You know, they trying to prove to the child they their friend. And I, my mother never tried to be my friend. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, I, I, so I, was, I don't, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around that 
you know, other than kids having kids, you know, and so you still looking at your child like it's a baby doll, and you want to play with it, as opposed to having someone help you rear it and give it structure and give it boundaries and restrictions and guidelines, because that's what the law was designed to do. When you mature, you no longer need that, but as long as you're in that infant, immature state, you got, I mean, you got grown men that's still so immature, you need structure. That's why they got the penal institution. Because apparently you haven't learned structure. So we're going to give it to you on an adult level. About 10 years. Maybe that'll help you out. You know, because um, you haven't, you haven't, there's repercussions for bad behavior. Not time out, not sitting in the corner, not cycle, not, not, not psychotherapy, not reasoning with a five-year-old. This is, this is real life stuff. You know, and sometimes we, these kids now are getting to the adult age, and now they're trying to straighten up the old tree. Well, they're trying to straighten it. It ain't the old tree yet, but it's it's the leaning tower, and now they're trying to straighten it up. Uh, but you know, a separate person uh, don't get don't don't develop the concept. If they don't develop the concept of the importance of rules, regulation, and authority, then this is just going to be a perpetual cycle that they go out, they come out. And they almost stand at the gate and say, well, see you later. Because <laughs> you ain't learned. <laughs> they, 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 the doors of the prison open. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, so that becomes, you know, that becomes the, the, the dangerous trap if we're not careful. You know, but that's, that's the trap that, that Jacob is going to stay on as long as he thinks he's Jacob. And Esau didn't kill Jacob Jacob killed Jacob. But Esau got there. He didn't find Jacob. He found Israel. And Israel wasn't the guy he was trying to kill. Israel was the guy who fell off his neck and hugged him. And he's like, man, what were you sleeping on these random stuff, man? What was all that about? He's like, oh, man. He's like, man, I don't need nothing. He said, man, I, that's when he found out. He said, dude, I, I got 12 tribes too. <laughs> you know? Jacob's like, man, I got 12 tribes. He said, I do too. Look at that. So, and I'll let me tell you. But anyway, that's the Jacobson. When you understand that you're not Jacob, now you stop acting like What's up for tomorrow? Oh! <laughs> tomorrow is, tomorrow is, we, we're going to get into what it means to be a husband and a father. That's, if you want to step, if, if, if if you don't get tomorrow, you won't understand the world. I can't say you won't. But tomorrow is designed to lay the foundation for the world. So so up, up till now, we have dealt with your God's original intent for who you were, the importance of having a relationship at every every season of your life, where no matter where you are, at some point you're next now and then in your life. And now we come up to Jacob where you have lived to this point where you've lived as Jacob and now you have to go about face with your Israel. And so when you understand your Israel, now you understand that you have a role to play if you plan to be the image of God on earth. And so when we start talking about a husband and a father, now, you begin to, now we can see the importance of that role because only, only, only uh, Israel can, can function in that capacity. Because Israel was the prince of God, and Israel that has 
as always the God of men. And so that tomorrow we'll begin to talk about what, what the, the importance of the husband and the father, the importance of that. And then Friday we'll begin to move into the role of the father, the role of the man, because nowadays it's not always, it's not a father in the house. I mean, the, the hus father and the husband is tomorrow. Friday is the role of the, the male. That's what we'll really, because hopefully the next two nights will make the previous three next make we, we, so we tie everything, we tie everything together. But tomorrow is what it means to be a husband and a father. Father, we thank you for this time of sharing your word. God, you bless us and watch over and keep us as we leave this place. But never will presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.